It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. A fine pair brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. It is Monday, February 6th, 2023. I'm Shauna Beckler's off this week. He's in Phoenix having a hot vacation with his family. Uh, I too actually was vacationing last week. I took Friday off. I went to the thriving metropolis of Prince Albert, Saskatchewan to go visit my boyfriend. It was minus 28 when I landed there, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Froze my, my lady gonads off. Um, we did some eventful, very Prince Albert things, though, when I was there. Uh, I went tobogganing down on the hood of a car. Never done that before. We took the hood of a car. Yep, we got it from the wrecker. Uh, Beckler and I were actually joking about that last week. That's how we got onto this. And then my boyfriend asked his friends if anybody knew where to get the hood of a car that we could toboggan on. And I guess everybody was like, oh, yeah, what are you talking? I know where to get a hood. Oh, yeah, we do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So tobogganed on the hood of a vehicle. Uh, I also actually tobogganed on a shovel. Did you know that shovel tobogganing was a thing? I did not. Apparently, it was actually featured in the X Games at one point, though. You go and you kind of ride on the bucket of the shovel, and then you lift up the handle and you go for a ride. I actually got quite good at it as well. I have a a video that I'll have to post for you at some point, but it's actually really fun. I'm not going to lie. Toboggan. Toboggan shoveling. Shovel tobogganing. Try it out. These are the things we do in Prince Albert when I'm there for fun, though. Seriously. Anyway, coming up on this radio program today, uh, we are talking about... An ultimate dad badge. I feel like everybody is this. Uh, actually, after we talked about this, a lot of dads were like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. Um, something that's worse than a backseat driver by a mile. Uh, similarly, though, while you're in a vehicle, this happens, and I'll explain that to you. I've got a ridiculous conspiracy for you. This is something that I was reading up about on the weekend, which is insane. Uh, Maestro Fresh Wes, he's got a bit of an issue these days. Um, it's a bit obnoxious, but we'll get to that. And we'll talk about one of the most interesting etymologies I've learned about in a while. A bit of a strange one. Okay, that's after your out of context clip of the show. <laughs> Why are you it's potentially more annoying than a backseat driver. Of course, a backseat driver is somebody who, you know, comments constantly on your driving and likes to criticize you. Well, there's someone that's worse than that, and it's the silent backseat driver. Now, this is the person who is judging your driving in silence, but you can tell by their subtle actions and gestures. So they're the ones who shoulder check with you because they clearly don't trust your eyes. They'll make little noises when you drive. No words, just kind of primal noises like mm, 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 that kind of thing. They'll constantly grab the ocean handle as if they're about to die as well. My boyfriend is like this. In fact, this is what inspired all this. Uh, now, to his credit, he does admit that he is a bad passenger. But he hails from the flatlands of Saskatchewan, and as a result, he isn't overly comfortable with things like curves, okay, or hills. So when we drive out to the mountains, for example, well, first of all, he refuses to drive because he doesn't want to do it himself. But then when he sits in the passenger seat, he gives me the silent backseat driver treatment. And like with every curve, I see his hand reaching for the ocean panel. Sometimes if it's a big curve, he'll like smack his one hand on the middle console and the other is holding so tight that his his grip is going white. And I'm like, OK, it's not so bad. This is a this is barely a curve. OK, sometimes 
He'll even let out the occasional gasp. You know what you don't want when you're driving is somebody else going, because, <gasps> of course, then you're looking around like, what did I miss? Is there a deer coming from so? Why, why are you gasping? And instead, it's just, no, it's, it's a subtle curve. Again, just a subtle curve. Can't handle it. Okay. The silent backseat driver, again, potentially worse than the person who vocalizes what they don't like about your driving. Don't be the silent backseat driver. It hurts everyone. Although if you truly want to give your friend a heart attack who's driving, just randomly gasp for no reason. <gasps> oh yeah, that'll that'll get everybody going. The and Shauna podcast. Etymology with Shauna. Well, this is a bit of a different etymology for you, um, but I was learning the origin of the middle finger. You know, when you gesture somebody, the middle finger. Uh, and I may be the last person on earth to know this, but did you know that the middle finger is supposed to represent a... Uh, a schmeckle and gonads, the male genitalia. Did you know this? I had no idea. Although, to be fair, neither did a couple of my friends when I asked them this as well. So that is what the middle finger is supposed to be. And when you look at the middle finger, it does look kind of like your, well, your twig and berries, your, your bait and tackle there. That is, in fact, what that looks like. I had never put two and two together. I don't know what's wrong with me. I know. Anyway, uh, reading about the history, it's actually one of the oldest insulting gestures we've ever had, the middle finger. It's existed since back when the ancient Greeks used to use it. They used to use this to reference the male genitalia. And then, of course, it became an insult because then you're showing your your naked parts to somebody. Uh, I guess in an old Greek play called The Clouds, it was apparently first performed back in 419 BC. And the playwright Aristophanes used this gesture in his play. So at one point, a character gestures first with his middle finger and then with his actual physical crotch to describe what he was trying to reference with his middle finger. Uh, Some, though, believe it goes back even earlier than that And it dates back to the squirrel monkeys in South America. So squirrel monkeys, thousands of years ago, I guess, used to assert their dominance by gesturing their genitalia to other squirrel monkeys. So they would do this and they'd point their their soldier at attention to another squirrel monkey to show that they were, in fact, in power. And it was kind of an almost insulting gesture from one squirrel monkey to the next And some think this may actually have inspired why we, to this day, use the middle finger as an insult. So, there you go. I've learned so much today. Mm Mm-hmm. I hope you did as well. Okay? Next time you stick your middle finger up, know what it's referencing. Etymology with Shauna. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Yesterday, I was actually uh, in the airport. And all of a sudden, I hear this woman yelling. and, And she yells, Bruce! Greg! Hey, Bruce, get over here. Bruce! And she is referring to this young child that maybe was two years old that was running around in the airport. The baby's name was Bruce. And the the other baby's name was Greg. Now, I don't know for certain, but it looked like they may have been twins. And their parents named them Bruce and Greg, the twin babies. Now, I just think that is phenomenal. We've talked before about babies that have these names that just kill me, like old man names for babies. I love it. I truly do. But honestly, I would have loved to have been in the room when they decided that this is what they were going to name their twin boys, okay? So they have the twins, and they're like, okay, yeah, no, well, he looks, honey, he looks like a Bruce to me. What do you think? Bruce? Yeah, he's definitely, look at that face. It's definitely a face of a Bruce. And then you look at that, oh, and that one, yeah, definitely Greg. Oh, yes, or even more so, like, if they had these names planned out in advance, like, 
Yeah, I really like Bruce. What do you think, honey? Bruce? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Bruce. Or was this a joke? Like, was one of them, you know, incapacitated at the time and, and the other was like, oh, Bruce and Greg it is, okay? We're bringing back the old man names. I hope they have a, a daughter next and they name her Edith. Imagine, Edith? Edith, Bruce? Stop fight! Don't fight her, Bruce! Oh, Bruce, you have to let mommy know when you have to pee, okay? You can't just pee in the corner anymore. I hope this trend continues. I truly do. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Well, I've got another dad badge for you. Beckler and I, we always like to discuss these badges that you earn from being a dad. Anything that's very daddy. This was all inspired from when I once saw a man expertly back his boat trailer down a very narrow boat launch. And I watched that and I was like, that is a dad badge right there. Like, you truly earned that. That takes a lot of of practice. Uh, anyway, here's another one for you. The fact that every single dad will make a comment on jeans that have holes in them. It's it's like part of a dad's DNA to be irked by the fact that people buy jeans that are new and have rips in them. It was a big fashion for a while when I was in high school and now it is again. You know, jeans that are intentionally distressed or intentionally ripped. They just, those go against a dad's DNA and he can't stand. And without fail, Every single time I wore ripped jeans, my dad would make a comment like, you know, those jeans have holes in them, right? Or did you buy those like that? Or, you know, I could make your jeans holy myself for free. Or, of course, the classic dad joke. Oh, those are your Sunday jeans. They're holy. Holy. Get it? Because they're Sunday jeans. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, the funniest thing, though, is that when I went to see my grandpa, he would make the exact same comments. Dads just, they don't understand the holy genes. It grates them in a way that they cannot handle or compute. So that right there, another dad badge for you. The holy genes badge. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. After we talked about that uh, front of the show, Brett message, and he said, you're hitting all my buttons today. My eldest daughter was here yesterday uh, going through a separation, not complaining, just don't see my daughters as much. And she had new jeans with holes on both knees. It totally irked me. Uh, also, though, got to clarify because Andrew messaged in and he said, OK, I'm a dad and I don't mind holes in jeans, but you have to earn the holes, not just buy them looking like you're actually good for something. Oh, that's such a, that is a dad comment right there as well. Looking like you're good for something. But it is true. I should clarify that the jeans have to be already holy for dad to be mad at them. If they're jeans that you bought new and you made holes in them because you worked in them or whatever, that's very different. Then those holes are earned. And I think dads then are okay with it, right? So there is a big difference between the two. It's it's very true, okay? Truly, though, such a such a dad badge. Honestly, like every dude I know has made those comments about holes in jeans. Still, my dad actually also makes them with holes in socks. Another one. He makes the same jokes. Oh, those are your Sunday socks, are they? Because they're holy. Huh. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I somehow stumbled across this this Facebook thread, and people were talking about their favorite coffee shops, and then they were criticizing different coffee shops for things they did wrong, and. Holy. So Beckler and I, we have talked about coffee snobs before, but this was people really getting into not only the coffee itself, but the coffee shop and how the the shop should look and how, you know, this is a place that people need to go for refuge. And I just something else, man, like 
I don't know what it is about coffee snobs, but it might be the pinnacle of snobbery. Like, it's got to be up there. You know, it's one of those ones where people take their coffee very seriously. And not only that, but the place where they consume their coffee, also very important to these people. But it reminded me, Beckler and I did coffee snobs. I think this was back when we were on afternoon. So I thought it would be a good time to recall coffee snobs. The true, the pinnacle of snobbery, perhaps. Oh, no, we don't have milk here. That ruins the integrity of the coffee. All our beans were roasted by burning band literature. No, we don't play recorded music here, but we've provided a wall of instruments. Please groan condescendingly into a didgeridoo. this coffee bean from the dung of an endangered elephant in Asia. Hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry you drove here. This is a keyless cafe. Please forfeit your keys at the bike valet and we'll burn your vehicle shortly. Mm, yes. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner, your platform for outlandish conspiracies. I'm your your host, Shauna. Uh, this is one that is spicy. Holy hell. And I'm not a huge one into the conspiracies. Becker's always more of the conspiracy guys me, but I read this and I was like, my God. Okay, so here's the conspiracy for you. That the Loch Ness Monster is actually the ghost of a dinosaur. Okay, so uh, many people truly believe this. I was learning online over the weekend. First off, uh, people claim to see all sorts of things when it comes to the Loch Ness Monster. But the fact that so many people, okay, thousands in fact, have claimed to see a very similar creature like this, and they all describe it quite similarly, okay, well, that would line up with it being a ghost. This is the... Well, this is supposed to lend some credit to this theory, okay? Because they're like, well, why can you explain that everybody sees a very similar looking creature in this case? Uh, also, no one has been able to, of course, accurately capture the Loch Ness Monster on film or in video, just like ghosts. You can't really capture those. Uh, so the belief is that the Loch Ness Monster is actually the ghost of a prehistoric dinosaur. Actually, not strictly a dinosaur, but a, a plesiosauria, apparently, which is actually a prehistoric marine reptile that existed 65 million years ago. People have narrowed it down. That's what they believe it actually is. And uh, seeing the ghosts of animals is something that many people claim to see. So this isn't a new concept either. In fact, uh, the Tower of London is said to be haunted by a bear that many people have witnessed. Actually, even right here in Calgary, the Hose and Hound is said to be haunted by an old fire horse that used to be owned by Calgary's first fire marshal. So there you go, okay? Ghosts of animals, not a new concept. But then people were like, okay, well, why wouldn't we see more dino ghosts around if this is the case? Well, the reason for this, according to these people who believe that the Loch Ness Monster is the dinosaur of a, a ghost, uh, they say that land dinosaurs, for the most part, would uh, actually be underground now because where they used to roam is now underground. So that's why they say you don't see a lot of dinosaur ghosts. Uh, the Loch Ness Monster, however, is actually still in the area where the prehistoric marine mammal would have been. That's why we're seeing the ghost of the Loch Ness Monster marine mammal from 65 million years ago. Wow, that is a lot. I know, just... Whew, it's too early in the week for this, not to mention the morning. My brain hurts. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. So I was watching TV the other day, and uh, Maestro Fresh Wes was being interviewed. I don't know if you remember him, this song, Backbone Slide, right? 
This jam is amplified, so just glide, glide. Let your backbone slide. Oh, it's still a classic. Um, the one thing, though, that I've noticed about this interview when Maestro Fresh West was being interviewed is that he is the pun master. Okay, but not necessarily in a good way. Like, he was going crazy on the puns. I don't know what's happened with Maestro Fresh West, but he is just shoehorning all of these puns. And we love puns on this radio program. We truly do. But the number of puns that he was saying in this two-minute interview was insane. I just wanted to point them out to you. Um, Here you go. First of all, he's on a new cooking show, okay? So his name is Maestro Chef Wes, okay, which is where these puns begin. Just have a little listen. Maestro Chef Wes. And here's the thing. I don't make burgers. I make backbone sliders. Okay, so there's another one. Ding. Okay, so first of all, again, name, Maestro Chef Wes. That's a pun. He doesn't make hamburgers. He makes backbone sliders. Then he was talking about where he's living right now, where he's uh, he's living in St. John, New Brunswick. Okay. And you're living in St. John, uh, New Brunswick, a.k.a. St. Awesome, because the people there are great. Okay. Okay. Did you hear that? He then clarifies he doesn't live in St. John, New Brunswick. He lives in St. Awesome. Oh, oh, that's bad. That hurts my soul. Okay, continuing on. He then was talking about how he was going into one of the bays uh, on the on the ocean there somewhere, and he was putting hip waders on. Uh, here's what he then says about that. I know about hip-hop, but how about putting on hip waders and getting oysters? <laughs> oh, my you God. Know? I don't know about hip-hop, but what about hip waders? Oh, oh, another one. Whew. Okay, continuing. Scorching in Bay of Fortune with, with, with Chef Michael Smith <laughs> Scor- was one of them. Scorching in Bay of Fortune. Oh, oh, another good pun. That's the name of the episode. Woo-wee. Okay, and then lastly, he's talking about when the episodes were released, and he said this. So January 26th, we in the mix. <sighs> okay, and then he rhymed the dates there. January 26th, we in the mix. You see... How many kids do you think Maestro Fresh West has? Because holy hell, like that whole interview was what, two and a half minutes? And he shoehorned seven puns into that two and a half minutes. That is, I don't even, that is impressive, actually. I think we should maybe call him up and be like, sir, you deserve an award for that. 14 kids. Okay, that's how many kids you have with all those puns that you're tossing in there. Whew. Worst one to me, though, I think still, when he says it's not St. John, it's St. Awesome. St. John. Uh, New Brunswick, a.k.a. St. Awesome. Oh, it hurts my soul. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. So this is something pretty cool that I've noticed lately. Um, A lot of guys are taking pat leave. So three of my guy friends have now taken paternity leave. Actually, uh, my one friend's husband is off for a month now to hang out with their new baby and my friend, his wife. And I kind of feel like this is a, a big shift that's that's just started happening over the last few years. I mean, obviously, more companies are honoring paternity leave and guys are starting to feel more comfortable taking it. Actually, I met a gentleman a few weeks ago. He was a full time stay at home dad and he loves it. His wife is a big CEO for a, a major clothing brand. And as a result, he doesn't work. She was the the big breadwinner and earns plenty for both of them. So he stays home and he fully raises the kids and she goes off to work. And again, it's kind of cool how that's all shifting. It's funny because when I first met my boyfriend, he was the breadwinner between the two of us. And I was just kind of starting out in radio. So I was more or less getting paid in beer and subway coupons. But um, that's kind of shifted now. So my boyfriend now jokes that he'd happily be my house husband. And I was like, if he was serious about that, I would I would consider that. 
I mean, he can cook for me because I hate cooking. You know, he can keep my affairs in order because all that stuff, housework and stuff, I don't like. I don't even care. Hire somebody else to do it, whatever. But he can stay at home and do that kind of stuff. And, and I'll come to work and make fart jokes. It sounds good to me. podcast. Well, the Grammys happened last night. Uh, I have to be honest, I don't pay a whole lot of attention. Very quickly, Lizzo won Album of the Year. Beyonce officially broke the record for most Grammys ever received. Ozzy won Best Rock Album, which... Uh-huh. Best alt album was Wet Legs, Wet Leg, which I honestly haven't even heard, so that's embarrassing. I have to be honest with you. I rarely pay attention to the main Grammys. I actually find the the alternative categories more exciting, those secondary categories that aren't as popular, because you're always like, these are the people that deserve recognition. They rarely get recognition outside of the Grammys. So things like best soundtrack, best composer, I always tend to kind of look into those. I am kind of sad, though, that best polka album is no longer a category at the Grammys. Did you know that best polka album used to be a thing? Hasn't been for a few years now, but uh, it wasn't that long ago that it was, in fact, a Grammy that you could earn is... Best Polka album. The last man to actually win it, his name is Jimmy Stir. Just have a listen to this. Oh, yeah. I have to admit something to you. I am a big fan of polka. I think that we need more polka music in our current state of affairs. Like, I feel like polka is just that happy music that once you hear it, you can't not kind of clap around, dance, and be a little happy. Somebody please repopularize polka. That's what we need to do. We've talked about, you know, coming back with other types of music that are making a bit of a resurgence, ska, that kind of thing. Let's bring polka back, okay? Hashtag bring polka back. Let's go. Let's make it happen. The and Shauna podcast. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? So I learned about uh, a guy who was actually. Uh, an intern at NASA. So he decided that there were these moon rocks that were collected by the Apollo astronauts, or astronauts, rather, the astronauts. Uh, so it was one of the most valuable substances locked up at the NASA facility was these rocks. And so this this intern, his name was Thad Roberts, which just really adds to it. Uh, he decided to steal these moon rocks. And the reason was because he wanted to romance his girlfriend. So he came up with this plan to steal 101 grams of moon rocks valued at about $21 million, and he did. He wound up taking this whole safe that the rocks were in. It wasn't that secure, obviously, so he stole this whole safe. He brought it to this hotel room, opened it with a saw, and then he laid the moon rocks all over the bed of this hotel and did the old horizontal hula with his girlfriend on top of these rocks so that they could say that they literally had cheeks on the moon. Talk about romance, honestly. Damn, like, if you were to do that for me, you stole $21 million of moon rocks that we could say that we had cheeks on the room. I I mean, that's kind of... That's very romantic. It truly is. Uh, Problem is, of course, then he tried to sell the rocks, which was dumb. Uh, He got caught because somebody who was... No, trying to figure out why this guy had moon rocks, then contacted the FBI. The FBI then arrested him and his girlfriend, and they wound up in jail for it. But honestly, I mean, again, the idea 
of that is pure romance. It truly is. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.